my friends, it's Andy and Hedy coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California on the Living Fearless Devotional. How you doing, Hedy? I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Just trying to liven things up a little bit. Yeah. I'm We're a little, little tired. <laughs> I'm a little sleepy. The day's not nearly over. No. Our kids are at the school dance, so we got to go pick them up at 10 or 1030. And hopefully they're not going to schlep us around to the ice cream store. Oh, and... car. You know that that's going to happen. Oh, no. The yogurt store. Uh, what's the other place we they want to go to all the time? Lamp Post. Lamp Post Pizza. Yeah, all that stuff. <clears throat> but keep them uh, uh, in your prayers, if you would. Um, you know, we. that's just one of those things that they go to that. Yeah, I gave them the whole fentanyl, don't take candy <laughs> yeah. from strangers uh, yeah. thing. And they and they had a little song, apparently, that they're teaching the kids about fentanyl and not taking candy from people. Yeah. What? Who's teaching them this song? Something in school about not taking fentanyl. Oh, strangers. Wow. So, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, they're all well aware, which is good. Yes. Oh, let's uh, first talk about Resurrect Ministry before we go to the comments. Resurrect Ministry is where you can find all of our content, resurrectministry.com. Drop us a line, say hello, ask for a prayer. We would love um, to hear from you personally. And uh, you could also read my articles on the Christian Post, find Andy's Fearless Man podcast. And if you feel moved to donate, you could do that as well. Thank you. Yeah. And we have Carrie News on. Good evening, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Nice she fell asleep in her chair. Listening to us? Yeah. Oh. We were we were late last night. <laughs> you just kept talking. Uh-huh. Wow. So crazy. Thank you for the prayers. All right. We're going to get into this devotional. It is Charles Spurgeon, Morning by Morning. And if I can click in the right direction, um, the uh, reference is 2 Peter 1.4. And it says, you may participate in the divine nature. Hedia, you may, you awesome. may participate. Charles says in his devotional, of course, to participate in the divine nature is not to become God. Don't mistake that one. Right. That cannot happen for the essence of deity is not to be participated in by the creature. We're the creature? We're the creature. <laughs> that makes total sense. As a creator... And then the creator creates creatures. Yeah, that'd be us. Between the creature and the creator, there will always be a great chasm in respect to the essence of godhood. Yet, just as the first man, Adam, was created in the image of God, we too, by the renewal of the Holy Spirit in an even more divine sense, are made in the image of the Most High God and participate in the divine nature. We have been made in God's image by grace. Since God's God is love, we have become love. Everyone who loves has been born of God. God is truth. Thus, we have become true, and we love that which is true. God is good, and he makes us good by his nature, by his grace, so that we become the pure in heart. Who will see God? Amen. In addition, we participate in the divine nature. In even a higher sense than this, in fact, in a in as lofty a sense as can be conceived short of our becoming absolutely divine. Yes. Don't we become members of the body of the divine person of Christ, Hedia? Yes. Yes. Same blood. <laughs> and the same blood that flows in the head flows in the hand. And the same life that makes Christ alive gives life to his people. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And if this were not enough, we are married to Christ. 
He was betrothed or pledged us to himself in righteousness and faithfulness. And we who are joined in are joined to the Lord are one in spirit with him. What a miraculous mystery, one with Jesus. We study it, but who can fully understand it? We are so perfectly one with him that as the branch is one with the vine, we are just as much a part of our Lord, Savior, and Redeemer. While we rejoice in this way, we remember that those who participate in the divine nature will reveal their high and holy relationship in their dealings with others. And may we make it evident by our daily walk and conversation that we have escaped the corruption that is in the world through the lust of the flesh. Escaped. Oh, that we may have more divine holiness of life. It is a miraculous mystery. Because when you think about it, he points out to us at first, we're not God. We're not Godhood. We never achieved Godhood. And yet, we have all of these qualities of divinity. We have the Holy Spirit, and he didn't even mention that. We have the Holy Spirit not only dwelling within us, but transforming us from the inside out, mm -hmm. making us holy, giving us love that flows from him, making us righteous in ways in which we were never able to do on our own. Let's just be honest. None of us are capable of doing it on our own. But yet, there still lies a chasm between us. So Because of our sinful nature? Not just that, but because we're just not God. And remember, Jesus was the man God. So he was God. So even though we have his blood, we're like a branch on a vine, we have the Holy Spirit, we are not God-like. Mm. So there's, there is a slight space but yet it's a great chasm. It really, it's hard to wrap your mind around when you think about it. Mm -hmm. And we even perform the miracles and Christ says, you will perform even greater miracles than these. So we are even able to manifest that divine nature when he allows, mm -hmm. but we're still not divine or godlike. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you are. No, I, uh, absolutely not. I, uh, I, I am not. Hey, Kate, nice to see you. Hi, Kate. And Priscilla's on tonight. Hey, Priscilla. Carrie says. Oh, goodness. I didn't. Now I, I saw Priscilla's name and I thought of our parent alliance meeting. Are we still doing that? Yes, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, we better uh, see how that's going. Right. <laughs> uh, God's love is so amazing. Ask for the courage and he showers you with love that cannot be contained. I know from experience that you are drawn into him. It's beautiful. Yes. Uh, Iris says. Hi, I'm in Lakewood this weekend. Youngest grandson's seventh birthday. Was hoping your house of worship date would work, but I have to go home Monday. Next uh, time, Lord willing. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. But enjoy uh, your time with family. Right. You know, Carrie's uh, message here, or comment about God's love is so amazing. Um, it just brings me back to it. I don't know if it was, it wasn't yesterday, but I think the, last, the one before that, where it just struck me. In the, and it caused me so much, uh, I don't want to say confusion, but I was, it just kind of took me away from the, the devotional because I started trying to just even contemplating God's love. Then mm. it's just so impossible. When you, when you look at the devotion like this and Carrie's uh, a comment here, that it's just not comprehensible all that he has done in the create from, from Adam 
to his patience, to watching many of us wander around pretending we're Christians or pretending that we uh, are, you know, holy and, and, and godlike and going, no, you don't have it yet. Nope, not yet. Nope, not yet. <laughs> Watching us run into walls. Yes. And yet he still loves us. Amen. And it, it's, Boundless. and, and we've seen through the history that is uh, laid out in the Bible, you know, how many times people have turned away from <gasps> oh. and seen the miracles of his son. Yeah. And yet still forsake him. It, it's, uh, it's amazing. I, I, I'm sorry. It's just, I, I really try to wrap my head around it and I, I can't. <laughs> I, I simply can't. And again, I mean, as a man, uh, and when I do the uh, Fearless Man podcast, it's it's one of those things that is also the thing that kind of keeps men from being Christian. Because in a way, it, it, if we look at it in the wrong way, it seems soft. Yeah. And many men don't want to want to be like that. Um, but when you think, when you break it down, loving relentlessly almost unconditionally for some reason Christians don't like the word unconditional love. So I don't, I don't know why, but, but to me, it's very descriptive. When you think about it, it actually takes a tremendous amount of strength Mm. because it requires self restraint, right? It requires patience and kindness and compassion and empathy, things that being selfish do not require. So it is, it is actually a really tall order. Right. To walk with Christ is a very, um, not just the trials and tribulations of it, but it is, it is a, similar to a Navy SEAL training mm-hmm. because the expectations of what it means to be Christ-like are very high. You know, we cannot do it ourselves, of course, but do we have the strength to surrender our flesh so that the Holy Spirit can take over? I mean, that's like a a minute by minute struggle. Right. Well, when we look at earthly love, love for a child is about as close as you can get, I think, Uh, minus any mental problems or narcotics or alcohol getting in the way right you there's just they do they can do some pretty horrible things and yet you love them yes <laughs> and and then when now when you look at it as a marriage of two people that are not of blood but are, are are first probably in many cases attract to each other based on appearance or based on that there are some similarities in what it is they're doing whatever that is it's an right. attractiveness that's not based on love in the beginning Right. Not based on godly love. No. And then love grows. And then I can't imagine that love holding out uh, through thick and thin difficulties and and happiness without God. You've tried. I've tried. (laughs) Speaking of experience. I've tried. (laughs) And now I know the difference. Now I know why. Why it's important to have God holding you together is that third piece of, rope. of the rope. Yep. And uh, so it's, um, it's an interesting thing when you, when you think about earthly love as compared to God's love. Yes. It's, it's even beyond that. Well, and also transfusing God love into earthly love mm-hmm. because it really is a transfusion because you take whatever it is that would, that your flesh binds together and circumstances and social conditioning and you infuse 
the blood of Christ and God's love to supercharge it. Mm-hmm. Because without it, it you don't have it's the glue. I really want to get to the scripture of the chasm because I am totally thrown off by it. Okay. And we've got some uh, strong believers on our podcast today. Maybe, uh, I don't know if Jan's not commented yet, but maybe you, she's on too. Because I, I don't remember ever reading this scripture, which is so interesting to me. And, I, and the context that Spurgeon uses it is definitely not the context of the of the Bible passage. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to read it and get everyone's thoughts on it. Really quick, can I bring up something? Yes. Um, well, Jan, um, she's having to put one of her dogs down uh, at this moment, I believe. Aww. We had a discussion today about it and I hope that I, whatever I had to say, um, helped see old this process old. Oh, um, but it's the, 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 it's act like the of childhood putting, putting it down Oof. as opposed to it dying on its own. Yeah. And, the, you know, hopefully I've had that experience a few times. Um, and so that's what she's doing now. So we, I would like to make sure that we pray <laughs> before we turn off the yes. show and also bring uh, uh, Robert. Uh, Robert up, lift Robert up in, our, in prayer. before we Let's do it before we, because last time we forgot. To okay. <laughs> ah, dear Lord, you are the great comforter. You have reminded us today that you are love. And we're so grateful for the fact that that love flows to us in and through us to others. And so we ask for your love to surround Jan today and fill her house as they make this very difficult decision to lose one of the members of their family. And I'm sure that dog was very precious to them and was around for her kids as well. Yes. And just represents a part of their life in a chapter closing, Lord. So we ask that you give them peace when you make the transition in their home peaceful and restful and that they're left with the wonderful memories of a very dear member of their family and and their loved pet. And we also, Lord, lift up to you, Robert, who you know, because he is your son and what he has been struggling with and the difficulties and challenges of his health. And we ask that you not only heal him, but that you bring victory and that you put the pieces of his life that have been placed, that have been made out of place, Lord, that you put them in order and that he sees your will be done. And what you are trying to show him in and through these challenges of life and that you give him strength and courage and peace through the struggle and that ultimately he knows that he is in your hands and that you have plans to prosper him and not to harm him and that whatever the devil meant for evil that you shall use it for the good and you will turn it around for him lord so we ask for your loving protection over him and for all of our listeners, Lord, that you help guide us, protect us, and make our crooked path straight, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's get to the scripture. Hi, Michael. Say hi to Michael. Hi, Michael. How are you? Nice to see you. Okay, so we're in Luke 16, 26, and the quote that Spurgeon used was the great chasm, if you remember that expression. And besides all this, actually, you know what? I'm going to read the whole passage because I think this verse out of context um, doesn't make much sense. So he, the beginning of this chapter of Luke 16 is a parable. And it's the parable of the shrewd manager, which is a separate 
part of the of the chapter. So this section is entitled The Rich Man and Lazarus. It is not entirely clear it is a parable, but it definitely sounds like one. So there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, which is hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away, this is the rich man, with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in agony. Wow. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm is set into place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. So meaning from Hades to heaven, mm. nobody can cross over, which actually gives me very com comfort about my father seeing him in dreams mm. because I thought, uh, because I knew that was in Islam, but I did not know that that was a biblical teaching as well. So great comfort. He answered, then I beg you, father, send Lazarus to my family for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. So my question to our listeners is, one, have you ever studied this passage? And first of all, is it a parable? I'm not quite sure. But I find it interesting that this is the chasm between heaven and hell, but Spurgeon uses it as the chasm that exists between us and our divine nature. So maybe he means that by analogy, that's hell to be separated. Or he didn't mean it in the intent in which it's used. So he took it out of context, which seems odd for Spurgeon to do. But hmm. there you have it. That's I'm still my understanding. I am still, <laughs> I am still perplexed by it. I wish I had something. But it is, I just think it's a, just an interesting thing to note. Uh, and I just don't remember hearing about the fact. I mean, it's intuitive that there's a great chasm between heaven and hell. But I just don't remember reading this. Like, it didn't stick out in my consciousness before. Hmm. <laughs> Kate's confused. Usually Kate has an answer. Yeah, thanks a lot, Kate. <laughs> but I feel better that we don't know. <laughs> or uh, slightly confused about it. Should I go on to the other scriptures? Yeah, let's do that. Maybe maybe something will come out of those. There you go. Who knows? 2 Peter 1.4, though these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Escaped. And it makes gives you the visual of just narrowly, narrowly escaping, <laughs> yes. right? Like by the skin of your teeth, as the expression goes. But it's like, a, like a Jurassic Park. Or, yes. Or, you know, kind of chase for the dinosaurs. Or yes. Uh, Indiana Jones, you know, escaping all the 
darts in a cave. Exactly. <laughs> and Genesis 1, 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. What? Yes, this is the scripture everybody refers to. But it's That's interesting, so he says. <laughs> he starts the passage with, we're in his own image. And then he says male and female. So is God this kind of intertwining of male and female? Mm. Or the male and female separated by a semicolon in the English? Is that a separate thought? Hmm. You have so many questions. I know. Shows. It's a lot of, I don't know why the Bible's hitting me in this uh, <laughs> In this way tonight, folks, First <laughs> John 4, 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Another very famous passage of scripture. In Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Oh, mm. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Colossians 3, 3, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Great promises. Yep. Great promises of holiness, of nearness. Absolutely. Not godliness, but nearness. Carrie says. I think it's actual because Jesus said there was a certain man. Ah, okay. And he mentions Lazarus. But it wasn't that Lazarus. It's not the brother of Martha and Mary. Because this was a beggar and he had sores and... And he dies. And remember, in, in the story of Lazarus from Martha and Mary, he was resurrected. So it's a different Lazarus. And what was the verse? It is Luke 16. The, pa the whole passage is Luke 16 from 19 to 31. Luke 16, 19 to 31. Yeah, get busy carrying me one here with Joseph. <laughs> no, but still names. <laughs> The chasm, Mary says, says, the chasm is between heaven and hell. Yes, there's no way back once you die without him. Yes. However, Jesus is the only one that crossed the chasm once he was resurrected. It's a parable, no doubt. Okay. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. She has no doubt. She has <laughs> the utmost, like. utmost confidence <laughs> that that is not a parable. That is a parable. <laughs> wow. Does that give you clarity? No, because I still don't know why Spurgeon used it in that context, right. explaining the difference between us, the creature, and the creator. And that will, that will always exist, even after our time on Earth. He didn't specify. He just says, between the creature and the creator, there will always, always, always be a great chasm in respect to the essence of godhood. There's a little bit of disagreement here in the audience. Yes. Carrie does not think it's a parable. Oh. Or that there's still sin separates us from God. Yeah, but the, we're but talking that's about on that's earth. earth. But once we're in his presence, I mean, he Spurgeon elaborated by saying uh, the difference between creature and creator, would, there will always be a great chasm in terms of godhood. But why did he refer to this scripture? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down now. Okay. Yeah. I, I was, uh, yeah. It wasn't. Totally which is the chasm between heaven and hell. Unless he just wanted to use the great chasm. chasm. Mm. 
the cross made a way across, says Kate. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. I was not laughing at that. I was laughing at Carrie. Yeah, yeah. Who Carrie's like, I was asking about the second scripture you were going too fast. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, the second scripture, you mean Genesis one twenty seven? So God created man in his own image? Probably, because we went to second Peter. One oh, four. I went to second Peter one four. And then... I did Luke 16, 26 first, oh, and then I did go. 2 Peter 1, 4. 2 Peter 1, 4. Yep. What version are you reading? Maybe another version might give some other view. Uh, I looked up a couple and KJV, and I did not see a different understanding. It's still a conversation about hell, heaven and hell. Yep. So you guys have some work to do. Some homework. <laughs> <laughs> It's not the first time that we've kind of disagreed with uh, one of our authors of the devotional. Um, yeah. I think it was Wigglesworth had something that we were like, hmm. I just don't like, yes, I totally remember that. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of his healing ones, too, are just kind of like, mm, okay, because he was very, very Pentecostal. <laughs> yes. I just don't, uh, but my antennas go up whenever scripture is taken woefully out of context. I don't like, you know, where you just want to use a word. And so you quote a scripture that's woefully out of context. So mm -hmm. to me, if that is a parable or not, it's the it's creating a distinction between heaven and hell that is not, to me, analogous to the difference between man and God, especially once you're a believer and you have all these other divine qualities. Right. Um. So it is okay if we go to a different subject? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Moving, on. Moving on. So uh, I was had the opportunity to, to interview um, uh, Todd Fraser, who's running for school board in an area that's right next to ours. We're not in the area that we can yes. vote for him, but it's like this, just like a couple feet away. It, we just are out of it. Um, the very first thing that I brought up was, and, I, and actually I could play the video, but I, I don't think it's necessary. Uh, a woman at the last school board meeting um, got up and said that um, he says she's saying that she's hearing from and she says people in social media in the way she talked about it, it sound like it's quite possibly, trying to make the school Christian quite possibly me uh, and candidates are saying that they're they're essentially going to attempt to make the public schools here in Placentia and the uh, Christian. Yeah, we talked about that. Last she's thing. Jewish, um, and so with. Todd coming on today, um, we had a great opportunity uh, for him to say, of course, like I said, that's not true. Um, and I, what I want to uh, talk about is a thing that I, and I think you feel the same way, and I'm not sure, and that's why I want to bring it up, is that I think, because people ask us all the time, why don't we homeschool our kids or put them in a Christian school? And there's reasons why that I, I don't know that that's the thing that we want to do for a, a bunch of different reasons. But one of the reasons why I like them in public school, and I've, I think I've shared this with you before, and I think we talked about it, is that I love for them to be in an environment where they're going to live for the rest of their lives. They're going to be with people that are of different faiths, different races, different uh, sexual decisions that they may make. Um, our job is to keep them in the faith and to help them understand why it is that we uh, follow the principles of the Bible and follow God. But I, I love 
them being in an environment where they can learn to be with others from other faiths because that's the way that our world is. And on occasion, they can even be the light to, to some other children. As we talked about, did we talk about on the show about Bo, Bo's question or Bo's uh, interaction with a child, Bo uh, just turned nine. We talked mm-hmm. about that. Uh, the child that said that he doesn't believe in God, believes in Satan. And then I had the opportunity to say, well, that's silly because God created Satan. Um, and so these are the reasons why I think this is, it's, it was almost an example of why I, I, I like the kids being in a public school. As difficult as it may be, it, it seems kind of odd. Um, but what are your thoughts about that? Do you, have we had that discussion? Or oh, we've, I think we've had it a lot just yeah. because my daughter was in Christian school for, <laughs> yeah. for well, two there's years. That, there's that issue. So. I actually, I, I liked her because we were new Christians. I wanted her surrounded by Christians, but it really, it really kind of messed her up because they were not very kind to her. They didn't take kindly to strangers and it pushed her the opposite direction. And so she felt more alone and more isolated because she didn't fit the mold of an elite, you know, Boy, Christian bougie preparatory school mm-hmm. uh and so this has been a much more positive experience homeschooling to me is just not an option uh, it logistically is not an option for us there's too many kids and neither of us are teachers no. at least not elementary or no, high school teach teachers adults. yeah <laughs> i don't teach math <laughs> barely understand it myself so um yeah i i understand parents who do that and want to protect their children and I, I, you know, to me, this is not a kind of hill I would die on. Not that I wouldn't die on the hill of my child, but the school, I, my experience is kids can go horribly wrong in either scenario. I watched my child go horribly wrong in a very fine Christian establishment. And that was because she just sought out the people that were more, that were on the outskirts. And so if you're going to have a troubled child, and I don't know how many people I have talked to that have grown children uh, or young adult children that said they all went to Christian schools. They all went homeschooling and now they're on drugs and now they are gay and now they left their faith. And you know what I mean? We have tons of friends that say that to us. Mm -hmm. So it's not a guarantee that you're going to have believing children. I think it's more important that we do whatever we can to represent Christ in this home and constantly draw them to him to have their own relationship with him. That's first and foremost. Do you think the danger with some parents, and I hope I'm not going to upset anybody by talking about this or saying this, but do you think that what can happen by sending your child to a Christian school is then they think, well, now that's handled. Yeah. And they can step back and not be the teacher of the, of the Christian faith. In the yeah. home. Mm. Not a representation of a Christian in the Christian home. Right. You know what I mean? So if you're not walking with the Lord in your home and you're not trying to embody holiness, then you end up like those kids like when I was in Islam that I tell people all the time, half of our community was former Christians. And I said, why did you come to Islam? Which, cause I thought it was a very difficult religion. So I was like, why did you come here? And they're like, because we had no discipline. My parents were drunk. So they, you know, we barely ever went to church. I was abused. The church was abusive. All these horror stories were, which tell you that you can't, you can't leave it up to anybody else. 
they have to see you modeling Christ-like behavior. Mm. Otherwise, you're a hypocrite. Uh, and there's nothing worse than a hypocrite where you send me off to the school and you come home and you guys are cussing and screaming at each other. And you know what I mean? And just you're just a hot mess, but you claim to be Christians. What what is that telling our kids? Right. You know, like, oh, yeah, I want to be just like mom and dad. Right. And then for some, it ends up a cultural thing. Well, this is what we do. We spend Easter and Christmas and we're Christians and we wear a cross and you know, they have no sense of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. They have no sense of what it means to talk to God and to pursue holiness and to be a servant leader. They have none of those concepts. They're just culturally Christians. Hmm. Uh, let's see. We need to should we go back to that one or that will No, I think we're back there. Three uh Carrie, three homeschooled. Okay. Uh, the three homeschool grandchildren, one has amazing faith in education, but the other two did not wind up well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I don't, there is no magic bullet. There really is not. You don't have, I, I have met dozens and dozens, because this is a question I ask everybody who has grown children. How'd you raise your kids? Homeschool, Christian school, public school? And it is an entirely a toss-up where homeschool kids can end up wonderful or home kids end up the prodigals. And in every situation that you ask, whether it's a Christian school, a home school, or a public school, you get all kinds of kids that come out of there. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a guarantee, obviously, you know, we just discussed that, but I think the one mistake, the, the huge mistake that, that causes problems, and I know it did for my older daughter, is that when one or both parents are claiming to be something, and like you said, being hypocritical, and then they are nasty, mean people. And <laughs> like, like, I thought it was about love. Right. Whatever you're selling, I ain't buying. Right. And now it really it just, I mean, that's almost a guarantee. Yeah. That, that, that will push them away. Yeah. Um, Those are the Christians I met that came to Islam. Yeah. They're just like, it's just full of hypocrisy. Yeah. If, if you're going to be in this faith, um, you, you gotta. God will not be mocked. You gotta walk, you gotta walk the walk. Gotta walk. The I was walk. trying to think of something else. You reap what you sow. There you go. That would have been much better than walk the walk. But um, yeah, that that I can see in in especially growing up. You know, some of these kids that were well, my dad's a pastor, and then I'd go over to their house and it'd just be chaos and nonsense, and and I go and the the kid would be like. And that, you know, that, and that disqualifies you from a pastoral position, mm -hmm. you know, technically, yeah. biblically. And I'm Hills. Yes. That that would disqualify. If you can't take care of your family, you should not be leading a flock. Wow. That's your first flock. So, has some experience oh, that's here. interesting. Uh, she was saying like, I pulled. The church is not all Christian schools are Christians. And then she followed up with saying. I pulled my boys out of a Christian school. They thrive in the public school. My daughter as well. Yeah. There's a combo there too. And I and I and I I think it was God's God's grace on us and, and his love that I often struggle with understanding was is being shown in in Zara that are, I think, our love and our relationship for her seeing what a man and wife relationship looks like and what it's supposed to look like most of the time. 
Hundred um, percent of the time is is yeah recovering even in times of difficulty to uh, a loving uh, family, um, and then the other kids, and then your uh, uh, requirement of having dinner together and sitting at the table to uh, being uh, strong in our faith. Uh, and then the public school on top of that, I think, has also been all together. And we, we, we had an interesting event. The kids are at the at this. Sorry for going on, folks, yeah. about this. <laughs> it's discussion. I think I'm, we're finding it very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but we had uh, the school dance today, and there was a dress-up dance. And so the kids, her best friends, my daughter's best friends, were dressing up as sexy nuns. And my daughter said, can I get this in costume? And I was like, absolutely not. And she said, why? It'll be fun. And I want to dress like everybody else. I said, listen, I said, that's offensive to me. And that's offensive to Andy. And if you don't find it offensive, I I am asking you not to do that because you love me um, and that you don't want to offend me. She said, fine. So then the girls were coming over here to get dressed. I forgot that that was their costume. Mm. So I walked into the room and I was like, and they had these none outfits it wasn't horribly offensive they were just short nun dresses uh but they had these giant gold crosses on which really almost knocked the wind out of me you know um and so i left the room and i told zara i was like and the school told them no offensive religious attire so i told zara i said why are i thought they weren't going to wear the crosses they're just going to pretend like they're from the monsters in these outfits and she's like, I don't know, mom, I'm not their parent, you know, so it's not, it's not up to me. Well, why are they getting dressed here? Listen, <laughs> so I'd already, that was my mistake. I should have mm, remembered. Not, not on you, but they were obviously getting dressed here because they wouldn't have dressed like that probably at home. No, their their families are non-Christians. They're oh. atheists. Oh. Their parents bought oh, them the costumes. Oh, okay. Yes. So Zara said, so I was just like, oh, Lord, I, I'm, I, I was just just beside myself because I couldn't solve this problem. By the time we went out, so she said, I can't do anything about that, mom. It's not, I'm not their parent. And I said, okay. By the time I went back and took them out, they were not wearing the crosses. Hmm. So I, I believe Zara went back in and said, listen, you're going to get in trouble. I wouldn't do that, you know, um, because they left the house without them on. And so I think it's better for them because they would have gotten kicked out. They would not have been allowed in like that. Mm-hmm. And I, it, I'm proud of Zara for going in there and being like, listen, for discouraging that, yeah. you know? Um, and so it's just like these little, it's these little, uh, little victories where I describe it to her and not imposing it. You're a Christian. You have to behave like this, but saying, do you love me? Please don't offend me. I try not to offend you. Please try not to offend me. And she, that is like, okay, I could do that for you, you know? And um, it just, it's finding securitous ways of, of getting respect out of your children. So yes. I find it to be a small victory. For sure. And they were like, literally, I mean, it, they were giant gold crosses that were from here to here. It wasn't like a little necklace. It, it, was, wow. it, it was bad. <laughs> I love that. I, and I love putting the onus, another word that I've yes. never used, and I don't know why these words I love come it. up. And, I'm rubbing uh, off on, on you. On the children to talk to their friends. Yeah. Uh, I think that's so, I, I love it. 
Uh, that's I, I love that. It's really important to teach them um, how to control. If they can control their home here, their again, peers. This is yeah, what I've been talking to the kids about as they grow older, especially the teenagers. Said, "I have to now prepare you to leave this house, and you have to learn to control your home, and to be on time, and to be responsible, and do all those things." And that's one of those things that. If you are going to leave this house as a Christian, then you, you're going to have to control your house and your friends. Yep. And, uh, and that was awesome. Um, I now want to move on to one more subject before we leave. Which okay. I, uh, what, Michael's what, asked, uh, mentioning John 17. Oh. Yeah, we so, we probably should know that up by heart, shouldn't we? Uh, well, John 17 is, I believe, in being in Christ. So let's see what in particular he may be referring to and he looked at him father glorify your son that it may glorify him praise for the disciples they will never be left out of my hand so it's long so yeah i see why believe in me oh unity this is i i remember because we talked about this in our uh show about unity Uh, um, Some of us, uh, Carrie was asking about Michael being okay. Uh, oh no, is something wrong with Michael? Yes. Uh, was there something on a previous show that he was struggling with? I remember Robert for sure. Robert for sure. But Michael is there. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, yes. Um, okay, so I wanted to um, you you brought this term to me. I know it's probably a common Christian term, and I, we've heard it from other people too. But you you actually uh, brought it to me which is uh, divine appointments. Mm. And um, I love that. And I keep missing my divine appointments. What? I, I, yeah, I think I had another one today that I, I probably But I was with the boys and it was a little bit sketchy. But um, you were uh, at uh, Yogurtland here on Yorba Linda Boulevard um, just the other day yes. and had a divine appointment. I did. Can you talk about that and just share with people yeah. what can happen with a divine appointment? I was having a sugar craving, so I'm going to find a story of blue, and I first wanted to go get a gluten-free cookie, and then something said to me, nope, go down the street, go to the yogurt store. I was like, okay, fine, I'll go to the yogurt store. I pull up, and there's this woman crying in her hands, just, I mean, just distraught, and I walked, and I don't know how many people must have walked by her and not done a thing, because she said she was there for an hour, but I stopped, and I was like, hi, what's wrong? Um, talk to me, tell me what's wrong. And she said, and she proceeded to tell me this very tragic story. Her parents had just passed away. She thought she was getting their house. Maybe she thought it was free and clear. She couldn't afford to pay for it. Bank repossesses it. She gets kicked out. She's suddenly homeless. Uh, she arranges for some shelter housing, but they can't take her until the next day. She needs one more night in the hotel, has $36 and needs 36 more. And she said, I've been sitting here for an hour praying and I don't know what to do. And I said to her, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? And she whips out a cross. She whips out two books. She's like, I've been reading the gospel of John. She's like, I've just been reading. I'm trying to be a good Christian. She's like, I'm reading, I'm praying, I'm reading, I'm praying. And I looked at her and I said, listen, the Lord heard you. I am here to give you what you need because he loves you. And he sent me here so you know he heard you. And she starts crying and I start crying and we hug. And it was, it was just so beautiful. She's like, oh my God, you're like an angel. And I said, no, <laughs> I said, I'm just a messenger from your Lord. 
to let you know he heard you because it was just, it was so important for me that she didn't think it was because, wow, I'm such a generous person, but it was, it was literally that, that the Lord wanted her to know he heard. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be the means by which she heard that. And um, it was just, it was just amazing. It was just awesome. And then she wanted some ice cream and she had never had frozen yogurt before. And it was the cutest thing ever. Cause she's like pulling on the handle. I, I had never seen somebody so excited. It was just such a blessing. It was such a blessing to have made her day like that. And the guy behind the counter is smiling at me and everybody in the store knows what's happening. And they're all kind of looking, some are looking suspiciously, some are smiling, you know, um, but it was just beautiful. And I, and I hope that it led other people to think, wow, you know, maybe I should do that sometimes, see somebody outside and be like, hey, would you like some ice cream? It's just a, it's a simple gesture for some of us to be able to do that and yet can mean the world to somebody else just to know that they're loved. And you just were driving along and then it said, pull in, pull into yogurt land. You were thinking it was a, a need for sugar. Yes. And first I thought it was a cookie. <laughs> I was like, get out of the cookie parking lot, drive down the street. And I was like, okay. <laughs> there was nobody who needed me at the cookie shop. <laughs> it was beautiful. I loved it. I love it. That's awesome. And actually Being... it goes along with what Michael was talking about earlier with John 17, um, that uh, Jesus prayed to the Father, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but you keep them from the evil one. Amen. That is awesome. Thank that you, is beautiful. Such a perfect, yeah. Uh, yeah, a perfect verse. I'm gonna have to make sure and write that down and put it on my computer. Put another post-it note. Yes, because I mean, it's just that the conversation with uh, Todd uh, today, with the discussion about you know he's not trying to turn him into a Christian school. Uh, our excitement about having Christians on the school board is for the morality of it all, the um, the desire to. Uh, to to push away lawlessness, to bring education, good sound education, education, not based on any kind of indoctrination of any kind. That it's very clear, common sense education. Yes, and that's what we're looking for. And we believe that having um, the same reasoning for bringing in Christians into the school and being on the school board is the same reason that how the United States of America was created, uh, based on biblical values and. Religion, the, the concepts of religious freedom, the First Amendment came from a bunch of Christians, yeah. that there should be no compulsion in religion. Mm. Jan's here now. Yeah. She's missed the whole Luke 16 discussion. <laughs> You're going to have to play at the beginning and give us your comments, Jan. Yes. And we prayed for you. Did you miss, you no. missed the prayer? No, she, she was busy. Yes. And I think what's uh, what I think was amazing that when you decided to do that prayer, it was probably when it was needed most, even though she wasn't listening. No. God needed to to move. So, Jan, I hope you're you're doing OK. Yes. With everything that's happening. Um, so, yeah. Wow. A couple couple good discussions there. I hope so. I mean, it's good for us. We're 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 edified by it. Hopefully it's a benefit to you. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's how this thing works. Uh, a reminder: my, Michael may not have been around. You know, that, what is what has it been now? Two, third. This is we're. I'm going on my third year with this, and second year with you. Yes. Uh, on the, but it's always been a selfish endeavor in in a, in, in in one way, 
that I started doing these devotionals live because it forced me to continue to do them. Because I, I told people at the beginning, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it every day, and I'm doing it this way because I, I told you I would. And then it it, it actually evolved into a, a, a really great thing for for me, <laughs> and selfishly. Nice. So it's pretty cool. You were going to say something? Well, I was going to say, this school, our, a kid's high school, has asked for career day <laughs> for volunteers. And I was thinking that we'd do a husband and wife couple podcasters. Oh. Yes. Yes. And we could talk about, I could talk about the success of Remnant Rising. We talk about living fearless devotional together. You could talk about the Andy Falco show, but just encouraging kids to um, make a career out of online podcasting, so becoming a personality. So it's not just like doing dances to TikTok? Exactly. <laughs> doing a subject they're po they're passionate about. We like doing news and politics and religion, but they could choose a subject. Mm -hmm. They learn the technology behind it, grow an audience, what it takes to grow an audience. Yeah. You think they can look at us and say, what are these old people going to teach us about social media and online? Well, I mean, podcasting? it's career day, so we're oh, everybody's going to be old. <laughs> so some of us older than others, but hey. Hey. <laughs> All right. Well, um, anything else? I think that's it. I so badly want to ask Jan about the, how she's doing. Uh, ask if you want him. to share, yes, you can tell us. Well, not. we told everybody what was going on in yeah. our prayer. Yeah. So if you want to share, um, oh, good. Oh, that was exactly twenty-five minutes ago. I mean, that was probably yeah. exactly when we were praying, Jan. So we, we pray for comfort and peace for you and your family. It's a, always a difficult transition to lose a, a beloved family member. So yeah. Very good. God bless you all, all of you. Carrie agrees that it sounds good. We should probably do that. And Great. Says she's glad that uh, we did this thing, this thing that we're doing yes. selfishly in the beginning. Um, Still selfishly. <laughs> <laughs> we like learning. Oh, just oh, I'm sorry. One last thing. We uh, just we just got through uh, Hetty and I um, doing uh, the reading a verse one uh, one after the other, uh, an entire chapter, an entire chapter. It's not that long. Uh, a song of song, song of yes, songs. We've mentioned we've mentioned yes. which book we're in. <laughs> yeah, I think. But what I want to say is that I think maybe we should do it again. The book again? Yes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing what you can read in the Bible. Isn't it? It's got everything. <laughs> Intrigue, romance, murder, God, miraculous powers. I don't know that I ever would have, you know, in those days when I was trying to um, woo you, uh, you it, I, I would have said that your eyes look like sheep or your teeth look like sheep. What does he say? I don't remember. And something else looks like gazelles. Yes. <laughs> Lots about gazelles. A lot of gazelle references. Yes. Those gazelles were very sexy things to use back in the day. Apparently. apparently. <laughs> what an amazing, what an amazing book. All right. We, we can move on. What book are we doing next? <laughs>
I don't know, but can we let our audience go? No, I want, I want them to know what we're doing next. I don't know. They really are I'm wondering <laughs> where we are going from. How do you go from solid Why do we? Why do we get close to an hour? You like, so it's a drag it out. I get a little giddy. I get people start talking. I get connected to my friends. Carrie's glad she connected with Lisa. Yay. Yes, that's awesome. And we know it may not... Um, be logistically possible for you, Carrie, but I'm so glad that Linda was a uh, Lisa was able to offer that to you because yeah. we would love to have you. That'd be awesome. All right, we'll sign off. Should we tell people about Edify? You can. <laughs> okay, here we go. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcast today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app. <laughs> Praise God, Michael says, yes. And Carrie says, night, night. Night, night. And Priscilla says, She's going to be a grandma again. Oh, yay. Congratulations. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Very cool. So now you're going to be bringing three kids to church. Yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> she has a little while to go. Her son and his wife are pregnant. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Good night, Kate. Or good afternoon. Yeah. She's saying night does. For her, it's afternoon. <laughs> yes. All right, my friends. We love, we love you, Give. God bless. Take care. Bye. Bye. 